0: Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.
1: Good morning and welcome to Real Life Church. We are so glad you're worshiping with us this morning. Whether you're at church online or right here at Kentucky Trail, we just want to invite you to get on your feet, put your hands together, and sing along. We're gonna be singing a new song this morning, so sing along. I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. But the. Believe in signs and wonders. I have resurrection power. Come, on. Come together, sons and daughters. with blood and washed in water. Sing the praises of the Spirit, Son, and Father. morning as we keep on singing.
2: to you, Father, and I pray that we can really let that sink in today.
1: the a loose
3: Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. Man, what a beautiful message that is. Will you check out the screen right now? I just want to share some words of hope from the scriptures from 2 Corinthians to be exact. If you'll just check that out up there. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. For our light and our momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen, that's eternal. We aren't losing heart today, guys. God will do it again in 2021 and beyond. If you believe that today, we just say amen? So good. What a great word. Well, hey, I'd love for everyone to just turn to a neighbor and give a smile, give a wave, and if you're feeling a little froggy this morning, maybe even a fist bump, all right? Do that, greet someone, and then have a seat. So good to see everyone today here in the room at Kentucky Trail. And I'd also like to extend a special greeting to those of you joining us online, Real Life Church online digital campus we're just honored that you are joining us today and so everyone in the room can we just give a big welcome let's make our digital campus feel welcome this morning come on yeah throw up some likes throw up some hearts we're just so honored that you're checking out what we're doing here and you're a part of what we're doing here at real life church and i want to now just invite anyone in the room or online who is brand new. If this is your first Sunday with us, please get your phone out at this time. Go ahead. No one's going to look at you weird. And I want you to text RL new to 97,000 and a member of our connection team will reach out to you at some point this week and just let you know who we are here at real life and ask about how your experience was with us. Make you feel welcome. Make you feel right at home here at real life church and even pray for you this week. So Don't hesitate, do that right now if you haven't done it before. And hey, if you're also in the room today and you're brand new, please don't leave here without stopping by our new here booth. It's right out here in the hub, and we just have a small gift as our token of saying, thanks for being a part of Real Life Church today. So we're super pumped that you did that. You know, Real Life Church, if you didn't know, we're a church on a mission. And that mission is to see people far from God discover their real life and purpose In Jesus, And another way we like to say that is we're a church for the unchurched. One of the main points of starting this church, I know, way back in the day was to just be a place where people who would never darken the doors of, you know, like church, could just come in here and feel welcome. And uh, I know that a lot of people's story, both here and maybe even online, is uh, maybe you've been burned by church before. Maybe church is a scary place to go. Maybe it brings up some really painful memories. And I'm just here to encourage you today. If that's you, you're in the right place. You know, we have people that have walked in your shoes before. And we just want to walk with you and just help you get back on that path to discover your real life and purpose in Jesus. We'll walk with you wherever you are. Even if you don't know the first thing, man, just come on out and just just be here with us. Get plugged into what we're doing. And hey, if I'm not talking to you right now and, and you're already plugged in and going, I want to just encourage you start bringing some people out. You know, those friends, those co-workers, those people, those relatives, the people that are f- close to you, but far from God, man, start bringing them out. You're going to hear some really cool, uh, a really cool Sunday coming up. I'm not going to spoil it now, but uh, it's going to be the perfect opportunity. So I want you to be thinking about right now, who are some of those people that could just find God and find freedom and all that has to do with what we're doing at Real Life. So come on out. Man, it's going to be good. I don't want to give it away. I want to spoil it, but I won't. I won't. I won't do it Sean. All right. Hey, speaking of, you might have been coming to Real Life for a while. You might have been just worshiping with us, getting connected, but you haven't taken that next step. You're wondering, you know, how you stopped just coming to church start being a part of what we're doing at real life. Well, today is the fifth Sunday of the month, and we do something really special around here. We call it Crash Course. So it's not just one of our next steps here at KT. No, 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 no. This is going to be really sweet. This afternoon from 2 to 4 p.m. at Pastor Sean and Diane's house, they're going to go through all four of our next steps. And You're going to find out how to know God and find freedom and discover purpose and there's a fourth one out there and Sean's gonna tell you all about it this afternoon. It's gonna be really awesome. Okay? So come on out and uh, I know there and, and hey, I I just know people and I feel like there's some of you thinking that's gonna be so awkward, like I'm gonna be the only one there. Man, there's already like a bunch of people signed up, so you will not. It won't be like some awkward thing with you know someone you don't know that well. I promise you're gonna feel so welcome, you're gonna feel so encouraged and pumped up if you decide to do that. So come check it out. All we ask is that you just register at reallifechurchkc.com. Let Pastor Sean and Diane know that you're coming. All righty, well, 2020, I don't know about you, each week it just feels like that's even more and more in the rear view, but for some of us, those scars are still there and we wonder, you know, like, when is it okay? When is it okay to throw a punch, you know, because we got beat up in 2020. A lot of us did, and maybe you're still feeling the effects of that. Well, I just want to encourage you today that, in 2020, you know, you might have got knocked down, but praise God, if you're hearing my voice now, you didn't get knocked out. And God's got big plans for us in 2021, no matter what your situation is. And God's just going to encourage us today through this awesome word of how to be a warrior, how we can start fighting for the things of God again. All right. So I want you to check this out. And we've got an extra special person given the word today. I won't spoil that either. Check this out. I don't
1: wish to waste my life on futile matters. On the whisper of mist that is most men's days. For those who do, I say, do not concede to that of stone. The fight that is before us is but the calling to awaken one's soul. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man nor a group of men, but in us all.
4: All right. Well, thank you for carrying my podium up here. Um, and I just want to start by saying I am like nervous excited to be closing up this warrior series with you today. Sean keeps telling me don't be nervous, babe, you got this, but I'm just going to throw it out there. If I'm a little nervous, it's cuz I spent a little too much time snuggling our new 2-month-old baby yesterday than prepping for this. But I am confident and excited that God has just he's laid this word on my heart and I'm really excited to share it with you all today. I am going to talk to you today of a specific challenge. For those of you here, those of us joining online, about mighty women warriors. We're in the midst of this warrior series and so I'm just so excited to be sharing with this to you. I know without a doubt that God delights in strong women. They are all throughout his word. You think about Mary and Hannah and Ruth and Esther and these women who were strong and rose up. And so I just believe that God has a special place in his heart for the women of God. He created us for that purpose. And so today I'm talking to a wide variety of you. I'm gonna to talk to those of you who maybe feel like, I'm not really sure about this strong woman thing, or maybe, you know, I'm not really sure that I'm called to do this kind of leadership with God, or maybe I've gotten to the end, and is this all that there is to life? Or maybe some of you are just at the beginning of your journey, and you're just aspirational. You're looking ahead. What does God have for me? And so this message is for all of you today, and a little bit about me. I've been in a lot of those places, you know, of sharing that story with you with you. Excuse me. Um, I started following Jesus when I was almost 15 years old. I was, you know, 14-ish. Started going to church with a friend, and it wasn't too many years after that. It was actually the week I turned 19. I surrendered my life to ministry, and I can tell you as a 19-year old, I had no idea what that meant or what that looked like, but I was faced with the reality of who God was in the beginning of kind of my adult life, and I said, you know what, whatever it looks like, God, I want you to use me. Whatever that looks like, whatever that means, I had no idea what that meant at all but I got back from that experience and started looking around my church and what I didn't see was a lot of women leaders standing up in that church saying this is my calling this is where God is leading me to lead Um, And, you know, I looked out and immediately knew I was not gifted for children's ministry. Bless the Lord and the soul of the people who are called to that. I tried that. It did not work. Um, I also do not have the gifts of administration, which I saw a lot of women in our church leading and doing, being executive administrative assistants and things. And I'm like, this is not me. Um, So I really came to that moment where, God, I know you want me to do this, but I don't feel like there's a place for me to lead here in your church and that's kind of a defeating feeling when you know you're so young. Um, so I headed back to college and I actually took an intro to ministry class and in that experience I got partnered with a mentor and her name was Mary Carpenter and um To say a lot of things about that, but to say that was an incredible moment. She didn't do anything special. We sat down over coffee about six times over a semester. She shared her life with me. We sat soul to soul, face to face, had a cup of coffee. But for the first time, I saw in somebody, somebody who shared my gifts, my desire for leadership, my calling to missions, because she was actually the missions director at our church. She was leading over people. She was in kind of a pastoral role there. And for the first time, I thought, wow, there's something in this work of God, something that can next to me, something that my gifts can be used for. And seeing that represented was mind-blowing to me. So all of a sudden, I had this renewed passion, this renewed excitement seeing her share her life and pour into me changed my life. And she probably doesn't remember me from anybody, but it's amazing what a small act like that can do. And so I'm carrying on Mary's mission to pour into me, and I'm going to pour back out to you today something that God has put on my heart and is sharing with me. Um, I'm here today to challenge all of the mighty women warriors of real life to rise up. So we are going to jump into the story, a story in the Bible about a mighty woman. We're actually going back to the book of Judges, which is where Sean took us a few Few weeks ago to meet Gideon. Um, if you didn't know, the book of Judges talks about all these dudes and ladies that God put in control over the people of Israel. So I, he's too close to me, Sean is, so I can actually hear what he's saying. And it's very distracting. Um, but <laughs> you're supposed to be... Yeah, see, now he's trying... to. Be encouraging and not just laugh at me. That's okay. Um, But anyway, judges is like this up and down. The people they would, you know, turn away from God. He would let them become oppressed, and then they would cry out to God, and He would rescue them, like over and over and over again, in all the chapters. So we get to chapter four. It only took four chapters to get to where we're like, okay, I guess we'll see if a woman can do any better at leading these people than all these men, you know? Um, So it's kind of funny, but we're in there. And so God allowed captivity to a foreign king named Jabin, and his general named Sisera, who we'll see throughout this story, he was a super malicious dude. He had all these chariots. He was just ruthless and continually oppressed the people. So we're going to start in Judges 4, 4 and 5. This introduces Deborah. So it says, now Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Lapidoth was leading Israel at that time. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim and the Israelites went to her to have their disputes decided. Now, first thing I can say is that Deborah's my home girl because she set up her camp to lead right in between two palm trees, okay? So real life on the beach, we're gonna start another campus, I'm gonna be leading it with Deborah, it's gonna be awesome. No, but I would love that she's set up there. But What we see from this passage is first that Deborah was a prophetess, so God had given her the ability to speak his word to the people. Back in the Old Testament, there was no full Bible. The Holy Spirit didn't live inside of people like he does now. So God used prophetesses and prophets to tell his word to people so they'd know how to follow him. Um, The second thing we see is that she was a judge ruling over them. So not just a spiritual leader, but also a political leader for the people. She was settling their disputes. So she was in leadership, actively ruling over them, and is actually the only female judge listed in the Bible, which is kind of cool. So she's ruling and prophesying at a time of apathy, the people and the leadership in Israel. It says in chapter or verse one that we kind of skipped, that they had been in this cycle of oppression for about 20 years. So verses six and seven goes on, and we meet our next player in this story. This introduces Barak. It says she summoned Barak, the son of Abimelech, from Kadesh, a Naphtali. So Barak was actually the ruling general over the Israel army. So he was a high up military leader, but ruling underneath Deborah. She said to him, Is it not true that the Lord God of Israel is commanding you, go, march to Mount Tabor, take with you 10,000 men from Naphtali and Zebulun. I will bring Sisera, the general of Jabin's army, to you at the Kishon River, along with his chariots and a huge army. I will hand him over to you. Now, what stands out to me about this passage is what Deborah says. She actually calls this dude out. She's like, is it not true that God has already been commanding you to do this thing? And well, you see, if you read into this story, is that Barak already knew that he was commanded to go and fight this army in the name of God. God's calling him to say, help me to free my people. And so Deborah comes, this wouldn't have been a surprise to Barak at all. Isn't God commanding you to do this? And he immediately responds in fear. Have you ever been there where you're like, God's calling me to do this thing, but I'm afraid I'm just going to walk backwards and nobody's going to notice me. That's what Barak's doing right now. And so Barak continued and said to her, and he said, if you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. So certainly Deborah says, I will go with you, but because of the course you are taking, the honor will not be yours. She called him out. Is it not true that God is already commanding you to do this? But because you've taken the road of fear, you've taken the road of disobedience, you will not see honor from this military victory, which I think is crazy that she prophesied that. For the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh, where they're saying... Barak immediately responds in fear, but Deborah was a great leader. I love this about her leadership ability. She could have just like offed him and been like, sorry, Barak, you're out of here. She could have found somebody else to lead the army. She could have done a lot of different things being the leader of Israel. But instead she said, no, I'm going to lead through you, Barak. I see your fear. I see that God has called you to this. So let's go together and let's do the what God is calling you to. To do, And so he does. He lines up the army, does all the stuff God asked him to do. And then we get to verse 14 to 16. This is like the day that God said he's going to deliver them. So then Deborah said to Barak, go. This is the day the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? She's already anticipating his fear. She is already saying, Barak, I know you don't want to take this army to these dudes with these 900 chariots. They're going to kill all of us. But has not the Lord already gone ahead of you? And so she called him out again. And so Barak did. He went down to Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. And at his advance, the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and army by the sword. And Sisera super great leader guy of the other army, got down off his chariot and ran away. Um, it says he fled on foot. And so Beric starts chasing him, pursuing the chariots in the army as far as Harosheth Hagoyim, and all of Cicero's troops fell by the sword and not a single one was left. I love seeing that when we put our faith and trust in the promise of God, He has called you, He's gone before you, He's not going to leave you. All except for the one guy who ran away, every single one of their enemies was taken down. And so Barak was afraid, but Deborah saw the opportunity for God to fulfill His promise. Deborah believed that God would do what he said he was going to do, and she wasn't afraid to call out this leader leading us alongside her to say, hey, God's calling us. Let's go do this, you know, and I think today that God calls us to do a lot of things that we might be afraid of, or maybe it was this mix of fear and complacency with Barak, and I think that we can be guilty of both of those things. I can see things in my family where maybe I should call out a member of my family to say, hey, let's do better, but I shrink back in fear, or maybe a friend or somebody I serve alongside, I see something, but I I don't know if I want to say that, or God's calling me to go out into the community and make a difference. He's given me a big heart and a big dream for that, but it's not quite the right time, or it might cost me too much. You know, maybe I need to call out myself in those things to say, it's time for me to rise up. And so what comes to your mind instantly in your life when you say, who do you need to be calling out to rise up? I love that Deborah was a mighty warrior. She wasn't afraid to do what it took, and her faithfulness and obedience paved the way for freedom in Israel. One woman, one faith. I think that is so incredible to see that story. So, in a crazy turn of events i 'll summarize the rest of the story because God does like to use unlikely things to accomplish his plan. so Sisera is running away from Barak, the only dude chasing him now, and he comes up to this other town that 's not like Israel or his t- people, and he comes by this tent, and this lady named Jael is there, and he 's like hey i 'm really tired from running away from the enemy. Can I hang out here she 's like, "Sure, come in oh i 'm really thirsty. can I have a drink sure here 's some milk. oh, can I have a place to lay my head?" and she lets him lay his head down and goes in there and then all of a sudden, jail For whatever reason, inspired by God, it just takes up a tent peg that was holding their tent and a hammer and she drives it through his temple into the ground and he is dead. So, not exactly, probably, yeah. So, if we're talking about mighty women warriors, that chick needs to be on the front line of the army. Deborah's like, y'all go. But, no, so in a crazy turn of events, Beric probably even thought that when Deborah prophesied that a woman was going to take the hand of Sisera, that it was probably her. And it wasn't. God had different plans. But it's kind of a crazy ending to that story. Um, But, ultimately, what we see is that no matter what... if. (laughs) Here's what we see. This is a better way to say this, is that Barak had the opportunity to be a great and obedient leader in God's house. And because of his fear and because he wouldn't do the call of God, God still accomplished his purposes, but Barak didn't get to be a part of it. And it is an honor for us to get to be a part of God's plan to reach the world. It's an honor for us to get to be a part of God's plan that he's calling us to do. So don't be afraid of that, even if it seems scary or weird. And then we see Barak's response to that in 422. It says, just then Barak came by in pursuit of Sisera and Jael went out to meet him come she said I'll show you the man you're looking for and so he went in with her and there lay Sisera with a tent peg through his temple dead so can you imagine Barak's embarrassment though like God had called you to go and defeat this enemy and then comes in and this like random lady in a tent was like all right sorry I did it already like (laughs) you don't get to get this guy the honor is not yours in it um But man, embarrassed that he lacked the faith to do what God had called him to do. But in spite of his fear, I love that God, through Deborah's faith, delivered Israel from their enemies. That was the very last one they were all gone. Um, and so the story of Deborah concludes in Judges 5. So first, or chapter 4 is all this narrative. Chapter 5 is this really cool song. You'll see this throughout the Bible that after you know the Israelites defeated their enemies, they had a song of victory. And I'm like a music person, so I think songs are cool. Um, but I think it's also cool that Barak and Deborah, it says they led this song together. So even after Barak's fear and all these things, she says, come on, let's go celebrate this victory with our people. I think that's so powerful. I also love that throughout this song, the hero of the story is not Jael, and it's not Deborah, and it's not Barak, it's God. And it's very clear that throughout that story, they knew that God went before them. God won that battle for them. But here is what I think is really interesting. You might ask, how did a woman judge get risen up, you know, in the middle of Israel? And Judges 5, 7 through 9, is in the middle of this song that gives us a little bit more of the backstory to this narrative. And it says, warriors were scarce. And I think about this whole theme we're doing of warriors, of different types of warriors and being insecure, wounded and all these things. It says, warriors were scarce. They were scarce in Israel until you arose, Deborah. And I can't help but think that maybe one day Deborah put her head up and looked around and said, there's not anybody here who is gonna raise up and do what God has called us to do, so I will. And I think that sometimes God calls us to those hard positions. It says, until you arose, Deborah, until you arose as a motherly protector in Israel. God chose new leaders, and then fighters appeared in the city gates. But I swear, not a shield or spear could be found among 40 military units in Israel. My heart went out to Israel's leaders, to the people who answered the call to war, praise the Lord. Warriors were scarce, but Deborah arose. They had 20 years of complacency with this dude, and that's crazy that they went out into the military and couldn't even find a single weapon. That tells you that the leadership had zero intention of doing what God had called them to do. They were afraid, but one woman brought victory to Israel because she knew the battle belonged to God. And chapter 5 ends and it says, and the land had rest for 40 years. So after all that oppression, all that time, God gave them rest. God delivered them to her. So this message today, it's for the Debras, but it's also for those of us who maybe are a little bit fearful, a little bit insecure, a little bit like, I don't know if I can lean into that calling. Maybe we've been neglected or overlooked in our society. Um, Maybe as women, we've been bypassed or abandoned for positions or roles or in relationships in our life. Maybe we've been oppressed, but really... I think that this message is for the underrated warriors, those who maybe don't feel like they can measure up to what God is calling them to do. Um, And maybe as a woman, you've been told things you can't do or that you shouldn't do or that you're doing wrong just because you're a woman. I know I have, I know I've heard, you know, like, oh, you're not really a good mom if you're not staying home with your kids or, you know, the same thing to other, you're not really a good mom if you're not showing them a great example of working, you're not providing for your house. Um, You know, oh, it must be nice to have that great job as though I didn't go to college for a long time and work really hard to get it. Um, you know, some people have been, well, you don't really have the right personality or gifts to lead. Maybe you should just sit down and let somebody else do that. Um, or, you know what, it's really hard to be a Christian leader in the marketplace. So you probably should just kind of fly under the radar and don't tell people too much about your faith. It might be, you know, kind of weird and different things like that. Have any of you ever been told anything you can't do being a woman you know, by our culture. And then even in some past church experiences I've been in, I've been told some things I can't do in the church. Like, hey, you can't pray on stage. And you know what? You can't sing on stage wearing those pants, actually, I've been told. Um, you can't preach or teach the word of God at all, regardless of what your gifts or your calling is. Um, I've had, you know, hey, children's ministry is a place for you to lead and until they put me in there. And then they're like, no, that is not for you. Um, I actually had somebody once tell me, I don't care if you're Celine Dion, we don't have a place for you to sing and lead on our team here. Um, So you can imagine, and I know I share some of that stuff, and, you know, I'm able to move past that, but I want you to know that if you're in a place where you feel like you haven't been able to connect with what God's called you to do in the kingdom, God's not A mistake maker. He doesn't do things on accident, and he's given you gifts and talents and abilities. He intends for you to use them for his kingdom to move forward. So whether you think that fits into a traditional box or it's something unusual, it's not an accident, and you're supposed to lean into those things. I think God is calling mighty women warriors to rise up and to lead, especially when you put your head up and warriors are scarce around you. So how do we become mighty women warriors in 2021? We talk faster because I'm going too slow. It's okay. Um, No, but so I have three powerful truths for you, and they are based out of Deborah. They're based out of my experience, and I just think that they're incredible today. And the first one is this. It's to be a mighty woman warrior, you have to lead from a voice that is stronger than your own. Deborah had two voices going on. She had God calling her to do something. She had Barracks' fear in her ear. And I know I've been in that position a lot where God's saying, go and do this, but the world's saying, I don't think you should, I don't think you can't. And his dismissal of God was more than fear like we talked about. It was complacency, there were all these chariots. But Deborah knew, she listened to the voice of God, that she knew that God had more for these people, that she had. they had freedom from captivity just around the corner, honor and obedience to God. And she, because of that, had the confidence to stand up against her enemies. Deborah had full confidence in what God could do, and trusted him despite Barak's fears. She trusted God, and she was willing to do whatever it took, even going to the front line of the battle. It does not say that Deborah was a mighty military warrior, but she's like, yes, Barak, I'll go with you and your military to this thing. She wasn't Xena warrior princess, okay? Like she was a judge and a prophetess. She was like, you know, a worship leader hanging out like, yeah, I'll go to war, that makes sense. Um, but she did, she was faithful to the voice of God. And she knew if she had to go to the front line of war to make this happen, she would do it. But where did her faith and her courage come from? It came from her connection to God. She listened to his voice, and it was his voice alone that helped her to make the decisions that she needed to do to trust him. She listened to him. She trusted his plan, and I want to see a couple of verses that you can know in your own life that God's voice is coming after you. It says in John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. God is speaking, and sometimes if we can't hear him, it's because we need to turn down the other voices, whether they're our own or from other people speaking into them, and then 1 John 4, 4 says, you are from God, little children. I have conquered them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Praise God that we have the spirit of God in us. And so that when we are leaning in to hear and listen to his voice, we can know for sure. And how else do you hear the voice of God? You get in his word. Can I tell you that you get in a life group and you get some other believers around you side by side, that you get on a serving team and you come and you hear the word of God, that you have the spirit inside of you and so listen to it. You will only lead as well as the strength of the voices that are guiding you. So tune in to the voice of God and who he says you are. You have to lead from a voice stronger than your own. The second is this, you need to encourage the warriors around you. Can I say, especially as a woman warrior, Sean made a joke, um, I don't know, it was last week or the week before about men joking around each other and then not being true and then women not joking around and then it being true. Um, go back and listen to it if you didn't. But man, we're hard on each other as women and we're hard on ourselves and we project that to other people. Be somebody who walks up and straightens somebody else's crown and doesn't tell anybody about it. Walk up alongside your women warriors and encourage them to do the work that God is calling them to do and Deborah did this. Um, she could have fired Barak like she said. She could have defeated the army in spite of him, but instead she encouraged him, she built him up. She let him borrow her faith so they could do it together. She helped him find weak or find faith in his weakness so that they could be partners. She was a team player. She was supportive. And this is even in the midst of a world where a female judge might have been mocked and underrated, you know. She was in a world of kings all around her, and she had to rise up and do what God told them. And I love this. You can see clearly in Judges 5-9 that we saw, in her song, she praises the other leaders around her who stood up and did the right thing. It says, my heart went out to Israel's leaders, to the people who answered the call to war. Praise the Lord. She was supporting and encouraging those leaders around her who were standing up and doing the right thing. And that's incredible her goal wasn't to see her own name be made famous as Deborah, the famous judge, um, but in encouraging others because she wanted to see God's name be famous. And we see this in Hebrews 11:32. 32. So even though the prophecy said Barak wouldn't receive honor for this, it says Hebrews 11 is this hall of faith of all of the believers of old and how, you know, their faith helped to lead to what Jesus did for us. It says, and what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets. And it's funny that Deborah's name isn't even listed in that story, even though we know she was a key player. And you know, the more I know about Deborah from studying, I don't think she would have cared because her goal wasn't to be some, my name's in lights, I'm a famous person in Hebrews 11. Her goal was to see the work of God go forward. Her goal was to see God's name be made famous. And so mighty women warriors lead, encourage, and build up those around them so that God gets the glory, not so they do. So be an encourager. And last, and this might seem the most trite, but it's probably the most true, is that to be a mighty woman warrior, you just have to lead. That's it. Sometimes you just have to be the one and look up and say, The warriors are scarce. Who will be here? I will do it. I will step up. I'll just do what God has called me to do. And Deborah had that confidence to stand up and do that. She had confidence in who God called her to be, where He called her to serve. And she was facing a strong enemy and God gave her the confidence to rise up and just lead. And when warriors were scarce and when she could have gone alone without Barak and when she could have made all these decisions along the way to make life easier for her or to make it so that she could twist things or whatever to make herself famous, she chose to follow God. She chose to step out in faith and lead. But what she did was she took that first step to go to Barak and say, is it not true that God's commanding you? When she could have said, nah, we'll see what happens. That Cicero dude is a bad deal. You know, and I think about that in our context today because more than ever, the harvest of God is huge. And there are people living in houses next door to us and across, sitting across from our cubicle at work. And when we walk along every step of our day everywhere who need to hear a word from God, they need you to stand up and lead. The harvest is few, or I'm sorry, the harvest is plentiful, but the leaders and the servants of God are few. And sometimes you just have to stand up and just lead because when you do that, God will ask you to be faithful to your call as a mighty warrior. But just like with the Israelites, God goes before us and God wants you to be victorious. He wants you to win the battle for his name's sake. So I've got a few questions for you today. What voices are determining your response to the battle? What voices are you leading from? Are you leading from your fears and your insecurities, from bitterness or depression? Or are you seeking the voice of God? Are you seeking the wise counsel of Christians around you? Are you seeking his word? And who do you need to encourage to rise up? Is it someone in your family? Is it someone sitting next to you? That'll make a fun car ride home. Um, Is it somebody that you work with? Is it somebody that you lead under? you have to have this hard conversation or maybe you need to encourage yourself that you can do what God is calling you to do. You can do hard things, you can do uncomfortable things. And where's the leader scarcity in your life? Where do you put up your head and say, you know what? There's not anybody leading there, but I can. God's saying that I can do this. Do I need to, you know, is there a leader scarcity in my family or at work or on your serving team here at Real Life or on the community? And so what would happen today If men and women rose up as mighty warriors, what would our families look like? Would they be families together and stronger? What would our community look like? Would we be able to solve the inequities and the hurts and the problems that happen in our community if we rose up and led together? How about our church you know, and our society at large? They'd be places of health because healthy things grow and inside of healthy situations are leaders who will stand up and will speak truth that it's needed so good. And I have another challenge for all of our warriors out there today, because we've spent a lot of time talking about women. But this powerful truth actually woke me up at like five in the morning the other day, and I had to sit down and get it out. And I'm so excited to share it with you. But throughout God's word, like we said, when warriors returned home from a battle, they lifted their praises to God. And there is this incredible story in Second Chronicles 20, a moment where a mighty faith-filled warrior king of Israel named Jehoshaphat had to fight an impossible battle. And I'll stop because maybe some of you today feel like you're fighting an impossible battle. We've been through a hard year, we've been through hard situations, and this seems like it cannot be won. Jehoshaphat was being attacked on all sides by multiple enemies. He was outnumbered. And maybe your enemy is not so obvious. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's anxiety or financial stress. Maybe it's depression or your past. Maybe it's actively Satan attacking someone in your family or somebody that you need, have broken relationship with, that you need to put back together. And can I tell you, just like you feel when you think about that impossible battle, Jehoshaphat was scared. He was the king of Israel, but he was afraid. And so what he did was he stopped and he said, we need to fast and we need to pray because we can't win this battle. And so they did that. And so he got all of Israel together and said, we're gonna fast and pray today. And while they were praying, it recounts this incredible thing where they remember everything God had done from crossing the Red Sea, from Gideon, you know, all of these great stories of heroes of the word of God where God was victorious in the battle. They remembered each one. They listed them out and prayed. And while they were fasting and praying, God's spirit came to a man named Jacaziel, who was a Levite who was descended from Psalm writers. And he was actually a worship leader um, in the midst praying with the people. And I want you to see this in 2 Chronicles 20, 15 through 17, what God told him. He said, pay attention. This is what the Lord says. Don't be afraid and don't panic because of this huge army for the battle is not yours, but God's. And when you're in the midst of that terrible battle, that terrible addiction, that broken relationship, that job loss, that illness, that death, that grief, when you're in the middle of that, even the most insecure, fearful warriors don't have to be afraid because God is with you in it. It says, tomorrow, march down against that enemy as they come up to the ascent of Ziz and you will find them at the end of the ravine in front of the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not fight this battle. Take your positions, stand, and watch the Lord deliver you. O Judah and Jerusalem, don't be afraid, don't panic. Tomorrow, march out toward them because the Lord is with you. And after hearing this word, they erupted in like the craziest worship set ever. It was probably like praise party that went on all night and would have been like super awesome to be a part of. And they did, they sang through the night. And then they got up the next morning and it doesn't stop there. I want to see you what God does. Um, It continues, it says, Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped them and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. And after consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. And this is what they said. Saying, give thanks to the Lord, his faithful love endures forever. When they were facing an enemy on all sides, an impossible battle, they didn't put their best fighters on the front line. They said stop, we're going to put the worshipers in front. We're going to send people ahead of us to worship and praise our great God because he has already said he's going to win this battle. And so I want you to see, as soon as the worship leaders began to sing and shout praises, what did God do? It says at the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every single one of them. And after they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. Can you imagine being like, okay, we're going to go fight this impossible enemy. We're going to walk up. We're going to march. God said, sing a song. That's weird. Okay, so we're going to go up here and get to this front line of the army and they get to this clearing where they can see everything ready to fight anxious nervous that feeling you have when you're getting ready to do what God's called you to do and they look out and every single enemy was dead the moment they sang praises to our God it's incredible like it gives me goosebumps still like I just can't imagine like that fear and that moment and thinking your whole life is on the line and everything but God delivered their enemies right to them in front of them and all they had to do was line up and stand and give God the praise and last year was crazy. We talk about it over and over again, 2020 this and 2020 that, and I know, but it was. We're in a pandemic. We are in facing illness. I've had friends face death, you know. We've seen so many things taken from people and always fighting, like, I just need to get a little ground to come back. And in the middle of this, a worship leader named Phil Wickham wrote a song about it, and he wrote a song about this passage, and it came right out of that. And it's an incredible song, um, and it goes, So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh, God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I'll lay at your feet and I'll sing through the night. Oh, God, the battle belongs to you. Now I want you to stop and imagine that no matter what you're facing today, whether it's an addiction, it's an impossible situation, whatever it is, imagine all those things lined up in front of you. And imagine that every time you sing the line of a song, that enemy falls down before you. Whatever your struggle is, whatever you're facing, whatever that is. It's, so when I fight, I'll fight on my knees. There goes your addiction. With my hands lifted high, there's a broken relationship restored. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Every anxiety, every fear, everything you're facing right now at the moment of praise falls because God has gone before you in that. So when I fight, I'll, I can't remember the words of the song. I'm just like so moved, but it's so true. Because every time you get to come here and stand up and sing praises to God, every moment you get to pray to him, everything that he's asking you to do, he is with you in it. These aren't just songs that we get up and sing to have fun so we can just do a few things before we speak a sermon. Like there's power in this. There's power in God connecting with you here. And I want you to see that and I want you to know that. And if you need to go get in your car after this and turn up some praise music loud and watch those enemies fall, I hope you will. Because God has gone ahead of you and you can stand strong because the battle belongs to our God today. He has gone before you. He is going to go with you and he will not leave you no matter what you're facing today. So what would happen if mighty men and women warriors rose up and stand? And I don't have to make up something because it's right here in 2 Chronicles 20:20. It says again, listen to me. All you people of Judah and Jerusalem believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Do you believe that today? You believe and you'll stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. Let's pray. God, you're so good to go before us, God, and then you're so good to give us your words and your spirit and your power and this awesome group of believers to encourage us to do the things that you're calling us to do, God, and I have a special just word for all the women, God, that I'm proud to be one to stand up today and tell you that you are strong. You have a voice and it matters. God made you exactly the way that you are for a specific purpose. So don't diminish how he made you. Don't downplay your gifts chasing after someone else's gifts. When he calls you, answer with faith and courage and dive headfirst into all of the goodness of God. And when he calls you, don't back down because you are a mighty woman warrior. And maybe you felt underrated, afraid, or insecure, but today you can be a mighty woman warrior and rise up. If that's you today and you say, I want to rise up, I want to be an encourager, I want to lead, you can just raise your hand today all my mighty women warriors say, I want to lead today, God. I've got a big calling. I've got a big mission to reach the world for you, God, all across here. Amen. And maybe today you've never realized that you can win the battle before. Maybe it seemed impossible, and it is, until you realize that Jesus went before you. Jesus has gone before you to defeat death, hell, and the grave when he died on the cross for you. And today you can surrender and let Jesus fight for you by praying this prayer, saying, God, I need you to fight my battles. I know your word says you've already won the battle on the cross. And so today I give you my life. If you would pray that prayer today and just raise your hand and say, yes, today I need you, God. Today I surrender. God, we thank you so much for just what you're doing in our midst here, God. I pray that we're seeing enemies fall, that we're seeing strongholds released, God. I pray that we're seeing people come to walk new and alive in you today, God. And we give you all the glory for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, let's give a shout of praise for those people who accepted Jesus today.
0: Come on, give it up for the mighty women warriors in the house. Come on. Good job, She was going to use the line that she did something I can never do, which is sing a song while I'm preaching. So, amazing. That was a good word, man. I'm telling you, that's something we need to hear in the church more often. I mean, sometimes we um, downplay the mighty women warriors. I'm thankful for the ladies that stand up. A lot of our our team is led by women. And so I'm excited to see what God's going to do um, through this, you know. And uh, this is the end of our series, but I'm gonna encourage you guys, there's some ways to get plugged in. First thing is this, if you uh, start a relationship with Jesus today, we'd love to help you on your journey. Uh, seriously, every step of the way. It's the greatest decision you've ever made. And so I would encourage you, if that's you, just let us know so we can help you. Just text RL next to 97000, and we'll reach out to you. We wanna help you, we're family. Uh, we wanna see God's potential and, and God's best in your life. And so reach out to us, let us know. We have a gift for you just to start on that journey. There's a Bible in a red bag on the way out the door. Just take it, start reading it, use it, and uh, we'll hopefully get connected with you if you reach out to us. We'd love to help you on your journey. Two next steps for everybody in the house. You guys are gonna love this. This applies to everybody. This is an all skate moment. Come on, somebody. Um, Our spring life groups went online live today for you guys to sign up. Come on, somebody. This is your chance. man. there's three relationships you guys need in life, and this is where you get them. You get them in life groups. One is this. You need somebody to pour into you. All right, you can't do this on your own. Man, mighty warriors make mighty warriors, amen. You need somebody in your life, a spiritual father, a spiritual mom, that's your life group leader. That's the people around you. They're gonna pour into you. This is a place to be honest, a place to be known, a place to get connected. Hey, if you're online, there's virtual groups, okay? This is for everybody, all right? But you also need relationships around you uh, that you work side by side, just bros and sisters, you know, just going hard after this, people you serve with, people you just do in life with, people you joke with, having fun. But the third relationship you need, oftentimes we don't have this, is somebody you're pouring into. I mean, you got your Timothy. You got the other warrior bringing with you going, hey, you don't have to walk with a limp. Like I've been there. Yeah, my church told me that when I was growing up too, you know. Like they've kind of put me in a spot. Whatever it is, you're helping people develop around you. Just teach them things of God. Just showing them. And so these are so important. This is where we get it in life groups. We got all sorts of groups, okay? We got about 15 groups. And we got groups for women. Come on. We got groups for men. We've got couples groups, singles groups, we got party groups. I'm just kidding. Hangout groups, right? Um, I'm just telling you, we got Monday Night football group. we got all this stuff, right? No, Monday football's over, it's too bad. Dang it. We got no sports groups. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm telling you, we got some awesome women's groups and uh you believe this or not, but Diane's leading a group called Just Lead. Come on, somebody. And so this is a great place for you ladies to get connected. I know Dana Jermaine's doing a group for women as well. I'm going to mess it up. Perfectly imperfect uh, ladies group as well. I know Rose is doing a group. It's called Mama Bear Apologetics. Come on, somebody. I know Kelly is here Her and Carrie leading a group called Get Out of Your Head. Hey, women warriors, here's your chances, all right? I'm telling you, there's some groups. Come on, get up for our group leaders. Love them though you love them. And I don't leave you guys out. We got guys groups. All right, I'm doing a fireside chat. There's all sorts of other groups. There's couples groups. Man, get connected. Today's your first day. Look at it. Check it out. Pray about it. And get signed up. All right, don't wait. They're gonna start in two weeks, the week of the 14th. And I'm really excited about it. This is a place you grow, you get connected. It's the relationships you leave with that are gonna change your life. And so get connected. I'm really, really excited about it. Second thing is this. If you have not been connected to our church through a next step process, I wanna encourage you today, come out to our crash course. It's at my house, two to four o'clock, and I am excited about it. I wanna see you guys take your next step in your life uh, for Jesus. Whether you're just checking out faith or maybe you're growing your faith, or leading in your faith, whatever it is, we just wanna help you get to that next step and get you connected here, a part of the mission of what God is doing. And so, man, if you can just make time to be there, I'm telling you, two to four o'clock, you're not gonna miss it. It's gonna be a great time. You can sign up online at reallifechurchkc.com. Also say this, if you need extra help in this season, maybe your marriage is stressed, your relationships are stressed, uh, just mental space. All right, we offer free counseling, for free sessions and uh, professional counseling. We'd love to help you. So many people taking advantage of this in this season. I'm telling you, it saved people's marriages. It saved the relationship with their kids. There's so many great things happening. Man, don't be ashamed. Don't wait till it blows up. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, as a pastor, I see it every single week. Somebody's too late to tell they need help. Man, that's why we have this in this season more than ever, offer for free to help you guys out. So please, please take advantage of that if you need that. Uh, as always, you guys have been faithful. You guys did incredible stuff for our church. Uh, last year was amazing with your guys' giving, the things we're going to do this year because of your generosity is absolutely incredible. Uh, we are pushing forward, trying to find a place to tend and finish. It's wheeling and dealing. You can pray for us up top on leadership. Uh, just find a place to, for our home, for our youth group, officing, worship practice, all sorts of stuff. And God's all over it, but it, you definitely have to go pursue things. And we've been doing that like crazy. So I want to encourage you guys. When you give here, it makes a difference in people's lives. Three ways you can give. You give online at reallifechurchkc.com. You can text email to 84321. Or there's a giving box you can use on the way out the door. Well, next Sunday is going to be an amazing Sunday. It's going to be called Football Sunday. I want you guys to check it out. Look at this. This is Sam Macho. This is Carson
3: Wentz. Brandon Cooks. And I'm excited to share my story. Share my story during Football
0: Sunday. Football Sunday 2021. This year has been unlike any other year for all of us, for all of us. But in the middle of the uncertainty, there's a unique opportunity for us all to experience the faithfulness of God. Because when the ground is shifting and the world is rumbling, God is always inviting us into something that cannot and will not ever be moved. Football Sunday 2021. Release hope, unlock potential, be the unshaken. unshaken. Dude, I am stoked for Football Sunday, I'm not gonna lie. And it may be because the Chiefs are playing. Come on, somebody. I'm just telling you, I've waited a long time for the Chiefs to beat Tom Brady. This is our moment. Come on. Some people, where's my Tom Brady fans out there? Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) You never make room for them too, but I'm telling you, uh, this next week's going to be awesome. And this may be one of the best Sundays to invite somebody that's far from God as close to you because it's one of those Sundays where just no pressure you know what you're gonna get we're showing videos testimonies from NFL players their walk with Jesus and it's gonna be powerful these guys I mean they're NFL players but man they are phenomenal communicators as well and so I'm excited to share these videos what's cool about it is they're actually interviewing some NFL players who will be playing in the game next Sunday So I don't know who, but I'm hoping it could be some amazing Chiefs players. Come on, somebody. You're going to hear from them on stage. Uh, I'm just really excited. So I would encourage you to be inviting people out. We're doing something special. It's at 10 o'clock only. All right, normally we have two gatherings. Next week we're going to blow this space up. All right, moving pipe and drape out. Stage back. All stuff. Make room for you and your friends with a tailgate party afterwards. We got specialty brats, hot dogs, sides, everything's pre-packaged, COVID friendly. And so I'm excited, man, be packing this place out, be inviting people. It might be the easiest invite you're ever gonna have to bring somebody to church, football Sunday. If you guys need prayer, somebody up here pray. And as always, whoever finds Jesus, discovers you guys, God, have a great week.